Well, that's because we made it not difficult. Exactly. If you find yourself stuck in a rut, personally or professionally, this podcast is for you. The Rory Pitt Show comes to you weekly and includes over 40 years of life experience. And that's just the guy behind the mic. Join Rory as he entertains you with stories that will encourage and inspire you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here's your host, Rory Pitts. Welcome to the Rory Pitt Show, episode number 12. If this is your first time listening, thanks for hopping on. The Rory Pitt Show is produced every week in Puyallup, Washington, and is created for your enjoyment. Show notes can be found at rorypitts.com. Feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, like it on SoundCloud, or subscribe in iTunes. If you like what you hear, please spread the word and let your family and friends know about the Rory Pitt Show. Now, let's get started. It is so good to be back behind the mic for another show and got a special guest this week. I, I uh, teased this all last night on Snapchat. And if you're not following me on Snapchat, you need to. Uh, but my co-host this week is none other than the Bobby Brown from Bobby Brown and Associates. Good to have you here, man. Good to be here. So it's been a while. I mean, uh, we did uh, we did podcast number two together and uh, it's it's changed a little bit since since then. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, I'm looking forward to this. We, uh, we were talking, we got together yesterday. We had a kind of a quasi team meeting at a coffee shop. I know big surprise, Rory's at a coffee shop yet again. Um, but we had a big team meeting talking about file sharing and, and, um, basically everybody being on the same page and communication, all that good stuff. And, you know, and after we went through all that, we started talking about just stuff. And it seemed like, uh, it just seemed like, dude, why are we not getting this recorded? Why are we not videotaping this? Everything should be recorded. Well, that's what the NSA says. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you communist! <laughs> so, you know, we had a, we, we were just talking some good stuff and, and um, you know, the light came on. And, and Bobby looks right at me and he goes, you, you got an idea, don't you? And I said, yeah, yeah, I got an idea. And, and that's why I said, you know what? Let's just, let's do a podcast together. Let's just, let's just do it. And um, so I'm pretty excited. But before we get started with uh, the things we're going to talk about today, which I think are really good topics. And, and uh, if you're in the real estate industry, I think it's, it's going to be a good discussion. And if you're not, it's definitely going to be something that um, you're going to want to pay attention to. Um, it, but we'll get to it in a moment. Uh, first off, how was your Memorial Day weekend? Mm, it was good. What did you guys do? Camped out by the Columbia River, hung out with the kids and uh, cousins. It was pretty cool. Yeah? Did you guys uh, Did you guys take any dirt bikes with you or just the camper? No, just the camper on the boat. Nice. Nice. Kind of nice to get away from it for a little while and just kind of relax. Yeah. Yeah? Nice. Well, um, this past week... I realized realize that... Me and hard alcohol do not mix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Put the put the show on the brakes for a second. Do tell. <laughs> I hear a story coming. <laughs> well, I need to stick to beer. Yeah, Hard alcohol. I uh, it just doesn't mix with me. I can't do it. Even just a couple drinks, it's it's a different world. What happens? Well, you just do and say stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so normal things then. <laughs> <laughs> Just amplified slightly. Well, you know, Audra's birthday was two days ago, like you didn't know that. Um, but I gave her a gift yesterday, and it was basically espresso with rum. Do you know if she tried it out yet? No. Oh, my gosh. So that sounds like something you're probably going to need to stay away from. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this past weekend, um, I did work. I did do some work on Friday and Saturday. And uh, I told a lot of my clients that uh, I was going to take Sunday and Monday off to spend time with family and, and also, uh, you know, just take some time to think about Memorial Day. And worked out really good. I was I busted my butt on Saturday, did a did a ton of house showings and and um, got three got three new buy or not three new buyers, but I got three buyers under contract. Found them homes that they were looking for. So that was that was exciting. Um, but what was really cool is on Sunday. We had a VFW event down in uh, downtown Puyallup at the Pavilion, Pioneer Park Pavilion. And, um, you know, I just, I've been feeling lately that, uh, now I'm going to sound like an old man, get off my lawn, but it just feels like um, we're losing, our generations are losing the real meaning behind Memorial Day. And I just thought it was really important to to expose my kids to the real meaning. So instead of just another, oh, look, it's a three-day holiday weekend, um, I wanted them to understand it a little bit more. And just, you know, things I've seen on social media, things I've seen on the news, and, you know, I even saw this thing where I think it was uh, Jimmy Kimmel did a man on the street and asked people about what was Memorial Day about, and their, answer, their answers were horrible. And so I thought, you know what, I got to expose my kids to this. And so this VFW event was, uh, was a really well-done event. Um, you had some speakers there talking about the sacrifices of soldiers and uh, those that we've lost. But the thing that really I noticed with my kids is as the ceremony was finishing up, they uh, outside in the park, they played taps and then they did a 21 gun salute. And I could see all my kids when the first shot was fired, just jump. And they didn't expect to see that. And it was really cool because afterwards I was talking to my 16 year old son and I asked him, I said, so what do you think? You know, just in general terms, what do you think after being in that ceremony? And uh, he told me, he's like, I never thought of Memorial Day like that. I never realized how how important it is and how much of a sacrifice these these soldiers made so we can do the things that we do today. And, and when he said that, I was like, you know what? That's awesome. Uh, mission accomplished. Not like George Bush, but mission accomplished in the sense of uh, I wanted him to understand what that was all about. And and I could tell that my kids, the, my younger kids were also solemn about it too. They, we went over there and saw all the wreaths around the memorial and uh, it, it, was, it was a really cool moment. And then on uh, Monday, we went to a memorial mass over at Gethsemane Cemetery in Federal Way and um, kind of the same thing. It was a little more lighthearted. Uh, there was a, a, a memorial mass, like I just said. Uh, but then what we did is we would grab, we grabbed flags after the, after the ceremony and we went out and we looked for graves that had um, something to do with the military. So if it was someone that was in the U.S. Navy or someone uh, that was in the Army or any type of military service, uh, if they didn't have a flag, we would go put a flag out there. And the kids really got into that as well. And, and they, were, they were just being there. They were being present at that moment to just to just realize that these people, and they'd look at their ages and they'd do the math and go, okay, this, this, you know, this gentleman died um, you know, when he was older, 
or they, I think they found one where it was someone that would died when they were 19. And, you know, that kind of had an impact because my kid, he's almost 17 and he's like, holy crap, that's two years away from me. So it was kind of like, you know what, that was what I wanted to do for Memorial Day, mission accomplished. And then, um, and then we finished the, we finished Monday. We, we did have a barbecue in the backyard, so we still snuck in the old traditional, throw the barbecue in there. But, uh, overall that, yeah, that was, that was our Memorial Day weekend. It was, it was nice. It was very nice. Yeah. I think it sounds really, really cool. Yeah. So just hoping I'm going to keep that tradition going. And I want my, I want my kids to understand it. You know, I, I posted something on Facebook a couple days ago and for life of me, it's my own quote that I made up and I can't remember it, but it has something to do with, uh, when future generations forget about the sacrifices of past generations, that's when our country is doomed. And well, even current, I mean, it's still going on. And I think it, a lot of people are so detached from what, what the military means for the way that we get to live. Um, Absolutely. That, I mean, it's even still going on, you know, so there's, there's uh, battles and, and you know, things that the military are doing now that, uh, um, you know, are, are just kind of getting missed. Yeah. And, you know, there's a few of our clients that are military. Um, one of our clients right now, he's a disabled veteran and uh, it just, it, it breaks my heart, the hoops they got to <clears> go through to, to find a house. Um, but I just, at the same time, I feel honored and blessed to be helping them, you know, cause I didn't serve. I, and I, I could have, and I chose not to, and I just feel like this is what I need to do the rest of my life. I need to give honor to those who did serve because they made one hell of a sacrifice. Either, either they gave their life or they're away overseas while their family's over here. And it's just, it's, it's a crazy sacrifice that, 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 uh, that they make to make sure that we still are a free country. And, you know, politics aside, this is one of the greatest countries uh, on the planet and, and just the sacrifices they make is it's amazing. And I, you know, we go to those different events where we, um, we get to meet other veterans like we did at the Tacoma Dome last month. It was fun. It was absolutely fun to meet, meet with people, to talk to them, to hear their story and, uh, to possibly help them out. And uh, I just love things like that. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so that was the weekend. Um, couple things we're going to talk about today. First off, Bobby brought this up to me yesterday at the coffee shop and uh, I had no, no idea about this. And so this was kind of the catalyst for us doing this today was, um, did you guys know that interest rates are going to be coming up soon? Or did you guys already know that? And I'm just, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the loop here. So Bobby knows this. And I wanted to, I wanted to have Bobby kind of explain what this means to everybody. Why, why should we, why should we care? Well, I don't know for sure, but so last year when the feds met and got their schedule together for interest rates, interest rates were supposed to go up from October all the way through this year. And they didn't, in fact, they went down, which was a surprise. So, so nobody really knows what's going to happen. Um, and there's a lot of people that are paid buku bucks to just figure that one thing out and they can't do it. Um, <laughs> so who knows? But I know they're meeting this month and things are going really well with the real estate market. And it would not surprise me um, if interest rates go up. I'd say they're more than likely going to because they've been down for so long. Um, and it could also be a, uh, a tact or tactic to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on the on the market uh, to keep it from getting out of control. 
So I would say more than likely they're going to go up. Um, what does that mean? It, even, you know, the slightest change in an interest rate um, can take a payment from being comfortable to not comfortable or, um, you know, you, you can afford a $250,000 house. Now you can afford a $225,000 house. You know, it's, that's what happens, I believe, when, when uh, your monthly payment is increased by an interest rate. So it could slow things down a little bit uh, with the price appreciation because affordability is going down or could go down. Um, but it's tough to say. It's tough to say for sure what, what's going to happen. Um, I just hope that, that uh, it doesn't get so crazy that they start doing negative amortization loans. Again. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, where your payment doesn't even cover the, the interest and the, and the remainder of the interest just gets tacked on your principal every every month, just like 10 years ago, which was just insane. But that's a that's story. what happened. Oof. That's what happened. That's a story I could I could definitely <clears throat> share. We, uh, we, ran, we ran across that 10 years ago. But... You know, bring it back to today. So right now, the, the the housing market is just crazy, insane seller's market right now. Um, what does that do for sellers? I mean, obviously, you see buyers buying power goes down. What does that do for sellers right now? Does that does that normalize the market a little bit more? Does it make things more in balance? Uh, it could. Um... I mean, it comes down to supply and demand. Um, and if you have a demand, let's say you have 100 buyers who can afford, you know, a certain price range of house, and then the interest rate goes up, and let's say 25% of those buyers can no longer afford on that price range, and it's lower, um, then that reduces the demand slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, will it have a major effect? Probably not. Will it have a little bit of an effect? It makes sense that it should yeah definitely now and you're even saying it doesn't take much of a percentage to go up or down i mean if it goes up a quarter or goes up a half that's in the grand scheme of things that that's a lot of buying power that can that can shift could be yeah especially if somebody's right on the right on the border right so that's good to know so you're you're saying that uh they're getting together around june 15th is that right yeah, that's what I uh, what I last read, and all from what you know, what everything is said in the media. Everybody's anticipating the interest rates going up, and um, they were already supposed to six months ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if if they're they're going to go up. And is this something that takes effect right away? Would would consumers see a change like within a week, or does it take time to roll it out? How does that all work? Mm, I don't know for sure. Um, it could happen right away or it could be on a schedule. Yeah, I don't know for sure. That's however they figure it out. Okay. Well, that's something we definitely need to keep an eye on. And if, if you're working with a lender right now, by all means, uh, ask them. Ask them what they know about it and, and ask them how that might affect you in your uh, buying power. Because it, it'd be uh, it'd really suck if you're out there looking for a certain price point on a house and then uh, all of a sudden things change, and oh, guess what? <laughs> You're not—that's not, not going to be a comfortable payment for you anymore. Right. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's 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 going to happen eventually. It's going to have to, and they can't keep the interest rates as low as they have uh, for you know for any extended amount of time. 
It's it's like under 4% right now, right? Yeah, it's unheard of. <laughs> My old man bought his place back in 82 at 19%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's back when assumable loans and owner contracts, and that was popular. <laughs> so worked out to his favor because 10 years later, he was able to refinance it and knock 15 years off his loan. <laughs> so, you know, bad case scenario turned out the best case scenario for him. So good stuff. All right. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about today, and um, it's been on my mind for a couple of weeks now, the uh, the guys over at the Resource TV or RE Source TV, uh, Ryan Hills and Ryan Christensen, they did a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago about a topic called uh, "Are Buyers Agents Dying?" and being a buyer's agent, it kind of touched a nerve with me. And, and when I first watched the video, I got all hot and bothered and. And I, that was the intention of it. They wanted, yep, and yep. that's that's what gets a reaction. You want to get a reaction so you can get everybody's input. It, um, and it works if it's just smooth and and um, you know you don't get a you don't get everybody boiled over about it. Then you never get a reaction. So that was smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't seen the video, um, I'll post a link for it in the show notes. But the gist of it is 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 what they did is they took uh, they did this test in the Denver area. And what they did is they pitted a robot or a bot versus buyer's agent realtors. And what they and, and the premises the premise of it was is that a buyer gave uh, three homes that they liked example of three homes they liked to the to the bot and gave it to the three agents and it was up to the bot and it was up to the agents to come up with three with homes that the buyer would like. And uh, so each day the bot and the realtors would select the homes that they think the buyer would like, they'd send it over. And every single day, the ones that the bot came up with, the buyer liked versus the ones that the real estate agent came up with. I'd say that's a bad agent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, Ryan brought up the point that, uh, you know, there's apps out there like Redfin, like Zillow, like Trulia that... You just put in your information there and you can get houses sent to you every day. So so their point was, and this is, you know, obviously there there was a second video, but at the time I'm like, what is going on here? There is more to it than that. But but everybody that's used Redfin or Zillow or Trulia, that's what they're comfortable with. That's how they know how to search for a house. And if they can just put their parameters in there, you know, I want to live within five miles of this school. I want this type of house. They put all their their um, metrics in there and then it spits out the houses. Well, then what's to say the buyer's agent isn't dead? What's to say that what's our what's our purpose? And 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 this is why I wanted to bring this up today is. That is some of the thinking out there. A lot a lot of thinking is, is why do we have to have two different agents in a transaction? Why do we have to have a buyer's agent and a listing agent if if someone can do the search on their own, they can find the houses on their own, they can just reach out to the listing agent, right? That, that'll that work for them. All they got to do is just reach out to the listing agent and say, hey, I'm interested in this house. Yeah. Why is that a bad idea? Uh, well, I'm not sure the exact time, but maybe 20 years ago. Um, that's kind of how it was. Um, there were buyer's agents and... So if you're buying a house and and there are people out there that that don't need an agent, they're you know they they don't um, you don't they don't need that. 
Um, and that's, that's fine. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there that would. Um, and a long time ago, there was no buyer agent. Everybody represented the seller. And that changed for a reason. Um, you know, as representation, it's somebody who's on your side. Um, and unfortunately, human nature is, even if you're not getting over on somebody, um, human nature is to do the best you can for yourself. Um, in most cases. So if, if a seller is selling a house and a listing agent is representing a seller, that's the direction it's going to be. The focus is going to be. Um, so it'd be hard for a buyer on their own or no, just a normal buyer who, who is not, uh, really educated in the process of, of buying a home or what to look for or what to do, or when this comes up, do this, you know, et cetera. And, to go through the process without somebody on their side. I, I, I don't see uh, the, the logic exactly or the, the benefit behind getting rid of a buyer's agent. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any either. And having worked with the team now for over a year, I, I see the power in having a buyer's agent that is looking out for your best interest. You know, I've shared the story of why I got into real estate and, and if I had felt like I had been represented, I might have a, I might, I might not even be in real estate today. Um, but there's just so much. And, and unfortunately there is that perception in the public that it's just another commission check that has to be paid. So what if, what if I just cut that buyer's agent out of this and just work with the listing agent? Well, the problem is, and I mentioned this in, when I sit down with people is, is that that listing agent is looking out for the seller. Yeah. So they're under, under legal obligation to look out for the seller and, and they cannot put their seller in any negative, uh, you know, they can't jeopardize their seller negatively in any way. So, exactly. Um, and you know, another thing just popped in my head, the price of the house is what the price of the house is. The buyer doesn't pay any commission. They pay the price of the house. The seller pays the commission. So it would be maybe in the seller's, interest to get rid of the buyer's agent, but not on the buyer. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> it would be absolutely in the, in the seller's interest to get rid of the buyer's agent. Um, but a lot of the, the power of having the buyer's agent there is that you've got a professional who's negotiating with another professional who, who, who knows the forms, who knows the addendums, who knows the contingencies, who, who knows all this stuff. And if you've got a good agent, they've immersed themselves into knowing these things. You know, one thing I mentioned a while ago is I don't, as a buyer's agent, I don't just write up forms anymore. I know why I write them up. So when, I, when I'm going over a, a purchase and sale agreement with my clients, I explain to them why we're, why we're setting this agreement up a certain way. So like if I tell them we're gonna set the inspection contingency for four days, here's why. Because I think it says in the paperwork, 10 days is the, is the standard. But if we set it up in a certain way, we're, we're positioning them to have a better chance to get the property, especially in this market, being a seller's market. But maybe there might be other things that we put in there. So one thing that I, I'll, I'll tell buyers is it's not always about price. It's, that's not always the driving factor. The, you might have a military family that needs to get out of town because um, they've gotten orders to go somewhere else. Or you've got somebody who wants to just be done with a property because a relative passed away and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. So there's more to it than just price. There's also time. Um, there's also to show how serious you are. 
So, I mean, these are all different things that as a buyer's agent, you sit down with your client and you explain to them, this is my value to you. And like you said, the commission is already negotiated between the listing agent and the seller. And in most cases. Yeah, yeah, in most cases. I mean, you might have a for sale by owner situation where you would get you, you would talk to the to the owner who's selling it by themselves to, to negotiate all that out. But yeah, in most cases, that's how it's done. And I and I noticed one thing, you know, this this generation and the generation in our generation before that, one thing that they get dogged on is is that they're they're lazy or they don't want to do the work themselves. But I, I don't see that. I see them as being very educated and then wanting to pay a professional to take care of it for them. You know, when I was young, a great example, when I was young, my dad used to work on cars all the time. And, and I hated it as a kid. I hated it getting dirty. Just, it just wasn't me, but he instilled that, that sense of me that I knew how to change my oil. I knew how to change out spark plugs if I had to, I could follow instructions on how to replace a transmission. I knew how to do those things. But now as I'm in my 40s, I would rather just pay somebody who's a professional who does this for a living that can do it with their eyes closed to take care of me. And, and that's, what I, that's what I see with this is, yeah, some people may see, they, they may be able to do house searches on Zillow or Trulia or Redfin. Um, and they may, some people may see us as like, the house buying process is like buying a house off of Amazon or buying a house off eBay. But there are a lot of people out there that are very grateful to have someone on their side to look out for the best interest. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you another example. Last night I did a final walkthrough with one of our buyers and hopefully they're going to, they're going to close tomorrow. Um, but I, through the entire process, they've been so thankful and so grateful that I've been there knowing what the next steps are, explaining to them what the next steps are and and just feeling comfortable because there's a there's a nervousness with buying a house and there's even a nervousness with selling a house but if you got somebody there that is there to help guide them through the process it takes some of the stress out of it yeah i don't i think if if somehow the buyer's agent went away i think the majority of people would be upset i think so too i think that's a great point i think that's a great point it, it, and yeah, anybody can search for a house on those websites or those apps like we were talking about. I always tell my buyers they're great general tools. Yeah, we'll take a test. And, and uh, well, I guess you'd have to be an agent to, to get the, the quick data. But go on Zillow and look at houses and, and uh, see how many are active on Zillow or, or um, you know, just any, anything on Zillow and, and verify it. And it's about 50-50, the, the, the accuracy of the data, whether they're listed for sale and still active or they're, they're pending sale or they sold two years ago. I mean, I've seen it all. Um, you know, Zestimates are, they're basically a computer algor algorithm, mm -hmm. um, computer-generated guess, uh, and they're all over the place. So it would be, I mean, I, I see how it could be possible, but I don't see how it could benefit anybody. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see how it would, uh, it would be a smooth transaction for anybody. Um, That's a great and there's, point. there's a lot of variables with, with each individual property too, that, uh, you know, just going through the paperwork, it may not be the buyer and seller situation because that can be hashed out over negotiations, but specific to the property, it might be something that, 
that it has to be done on the paperwork or has to be set up initially uh, because it's something to do with the property that an agent would know, you know, and that could be anything, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I've told the story before that um, I had some buyers that were moving up here from California and they sent me 10 properties that they found on Zillow. And when I looked at all 10 properties, seven of them had sold. Yeah. And I looked them up in the MLS. Now, the other thing is, is I do have some clients that will send me properties from Zillow in Redfin because I, I, I encourage them to, to do that. I mean, why would I, why would I not want to use that tool? Um, but there are instances where I tell them, let me know what houses you're interested in and I'll find the real dirt on it. And, and they'll kind of raise their eyebrow and they're like, what do you mean? And I said, well, with the MLS, there's, a, there's an agent's remark section that gives us a little more detail on the property. And so I can think of two properties in mind, but one specifically where <laughs> it was a fantastic opportunity. The price point was great. Um, there's probably just a little bit of rehab work that needed to be done. I mean, it was, it was a deal. Why was it on the market for over 180 days? So as soon as I looked into the agent remarks, it said in the agent remarks, the septic tank system had failed and needed to be completely replaced. Well, you didn't see that in the marketing remarks, but you did mm -hmm. see it in the agent remarks. And that's the kind of stuff that a buyer's agent is looking out for. Yeah, I think there'd be a huge amount of education that would have to be, uh, you know, that a, that a buyer would have to have to be able to get through a transaction without getting burned. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people right now are already stressed for time. So, mm -hmm. you know, why would, I mean, there are some people out there. We've, we've run into clients in the past year who've decided to take it on on their own. And, um, you know, there's been mixed results from what I've heard, but overall people that we've worked with, they've been extremely grateful that we've been there through the entire process. I mean, we think about last week's podcast, I talked about the Wallers and I mean, they have been extremely grateful from, from you helping them sell their house to me helping them buy the house in Puyallup and just through the, walking them through the entire thing. Now, could you imagine? And keeping them settled. Too, it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And trying to do a, the simultaneous closing that we were talking about. Could you imagine if there wasn't a buyer's agent involved in that? I mean, just the workload for the, for the listing agent would be incredible to try and make sure all these things fall into place. Um, so just having that extra hand there to help out to, to know that part of the business and to help try and keep everybody even keel as we get closer to closing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, buyer's agents, they're, they're not going to go any, uh, anyway, anyway, English is tough for me. They're not going to go away anytime soon, but at the same time, and, and both, uh, or Ryan Hills brings this up is we have to be able to adapt. So if we just, if we just think that this study in Denver was ridiculous and we just blow it off. Well, we're already behind the game because there is that perception out there that buyer's agents are not necessary. So it's our job to provide value to these people, to provide value to our clients, to show them well, who's after this. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hear it anywhere from, from our clients or from other clients. Who's, no. who's after this change? Is it Zillow or is it Redfin or who's, Who's actually um, trying to make this happen? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it's those those people that you mentioned, Zillow, Trulia. And, how can we? Because the thought process I've heard before is how can we streamline the home buying process? I mean, you saw 
um, during the Super Bowl. You probably saw that commercial for uh, what was it, Quicken Loans or something? Where it's basically go on their oh, app, yeah, right? Go on their <laughs> app, click the button, and boom, you've got a home loan. Yeah, it's not even close to that simple. And I think it wasn't even that simple ten years ago <laughs> when, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you had to have a, a pulse and a pen. <laughs> But I, I think that's what it is, is is people are trying to find a better way to reinvent the wheel when instead of just trying to find a better way to make the wheel better. And so I think that's why they're trying to pit bots up against agents is to is to take a look and go, see, the bots are better. See? See? Well, yeah. sure. I mean, as far as maybe, um, I mean, having access to houses to look at, but there's a lot more to it. Exactly. A lot more to it. And and I think, you know, a lot of people might think, well, that's not that difficult. Well, that's because we made it not difficult. Exactly. Um, you know, you, you hear horror stories, and we've had one recently. I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, but they had a bad, bad experience, and they got burned, burned. And we weren't involved in it. Um, we're trying to pick up the pieces now, but... Um, and that was with an agent. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I hear about, you know, being aware of it and, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not really not worried about it. I don't think that I don't see it being feasible. I don't see it being necessary. I don't see it benefiting anybody. Um, and if it does happen, if anything did like something happen like that, I don't, I don't see it happening for very long. I see a lot of chaos and then we need to stop this. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think at the end of the day it's it's up to us to continue to show the value that we provide. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's great you, you make that point about um <clears throat> how they don't see the chaos because we we try and shoulder a lot of that's that. That's our job. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I tell people when I sit down with them is I say it's my job to take all the arrows so mm -hmm. you don't have to be stressed out. Yeah. And you know, I know of one transaction last year where it wasn't going to close because there was an issue with the title and it was, it was chaos, but I didn't share the story with the clients until after they moved into their house. Yeah. Yeah. We try to take care of it and eliminate the stress. Um, try to make it look easy. That's what we get paid to do. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, it may look easy, <laughs> Yeah. but uh, yeah, we're busting our butt for you. That's for sure. Well, you know, that kind of, you got any more thoughts on that or I can, uh, I can roll on uh, into the next one. I don't know. <laughs> Bobby's got this look like I better not say what I want to yeah. say yeah. <laughs> the MLS is going to be after me <laughs> the realtor uh, Blues Brothers are going to be after me um, okay we'll, we'll, we'll move on forward so again if you guys want to see those videos they're great videos done by the RE Source guys the RE Source TV um, check their videos out they do a really good job and uh, <clears throat> the rebuttal video is, is very good it's uh it's basically what we touched on, which is we just have to, we as an industry, we have to keep showing that value and not just uh, be flakes. And it's kind of a good segue into the last thing I wanted to talk about. And it kind of touches on a little bit about what you just said a little bit ago. Um, new agents. And I find myself in that category and I've got that label. Um, I'm coming up on two years in August. I think every agent. So... So let me let me hold on for a hold on for a second. So I knew this would be a hot topic with Bobby. <laughs> That's the other reason why I brought him on today. <laughs> the 
the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think this is a very serious profession that, that requires a good amount of experience. Um, and there are, there are agents that are right out of the gate, um, pretty good, but I think that there should be some kind of mandatory apprenticeship, um, something like that, 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 you know, prevents the, the on the job training at somebody else's expense. And there are some costly mistakes. Um, even if it's just, you know, a thousand dollars here and there, I mean, I'm throwing that number out, like, even if it is just, but I mean, that's very, very easily spent in a real estate transaction. Um, thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars easy can go away with a with a simple mistake or a lack of negotiation or yep or or you know something. Um, so it it I think it should I think there should be some kind of a apprenticeship uh, mandatory and there is for appraisers there is for attorneys there is for doctors you know you can't you can't just get on the job training um, at somebody else's expense possibly and. And unfortunately, the I think the the real estate classes and the the uh, um, you know the necessary to get your license tests and so on are probably in the single digit percentage of actually used in the field. I would agree with that. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of what real estate agents do is is uh, based on experience. And there's a lot of variables, you know, it's not simple. Uh, you know, it's not just, a, you can't just write an outline to it. Every single transaction, every single situation uh, mixed with the, the person that is involved and how they handle things. And there's so many variables. So. No, I agree with you. And, and I'm a new agent and I'm, I'm extremely grateful and thankful that uh, you've had patience with me over the past, over the, over the past year um, to just teach me along the way. And, and, and I, th and I agree with you. I mean, it doesn't seem fair to you to have to guide me along the way. And, you know, hopefully this is knocking on wood or toot my own horn or whatever. Hopefully I've been a good student to where I've taken all those, that information with you oh, from dude, you. You're like, you're like a sponge, but, but the thing is it, it the first, what first six months, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. I mean, well, we were trying I mean, to figure it as, out as far as working together and, um, you know, the team aspect of it, you know, was, was new to both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as like the actual, um, you know, working part of it and the selling real estate part of it, um, I thought that that went really smooth. I mean, we, we could sit down and have an hour conversation or two hour conversation or whatever. And I just, you just, you didn't, uh, I didn't have to do a whole lot of re-explaining. I mean, you, you, what, I, what you picked up and ran with, um, you did it perfectly. And I think that has a lot to do with, with, uh, you know, with where your head's at and how you handle things and, um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I wouldn't, but, but the same token, what I'm seeing, and you're probably seeing it even more, but still being a new agent, I'm seeing people not filling out paperwork properly. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing people not putting pictures properly into the MLS. 
I'm seeing people flashing their new cars and their vacations and all this on social media. And it just feels to me like this is all quick money and these people are, are I, I hate to say this, but they're going to disappear. And that's another thing. And it goes along with, um, so I, I'll be, this would be 16 years that I've been in the business. You're old. This conversation about the buyer's agent going away or agents in general going away, that happened um, 12, 10 years ago. It went away uh, six, seven years ago. So the real estate market or the buying a house, buying or selling a house um, is not always like this. It changes. And when it, it is relatively, there's an element of it right now that is, that is easy. There is. Um, but you can also make mistakes even if it is easy. But when it, when it changes and the market is not as good, um, or there's not as many people buying, it gets a lot complicated. And the, all the discussions about, um, you know, can we do this on our own or the agent going away or, or several other things that goes away with it because, right. you know, it gets complicated. What are you seeing out there? Or what, I mean, let me, let me change that. What advice would you give to new agents out there based on what you've been seeing? Save lately? your money. Save your money. If you want to hang in there and stay with it, you got to save your money and you got to take it really seriously and don't get away from, uh, from the, the nuts and bolts of, of what the business is and, and how to keep yourself in business. And that's one of the most important lessons I've learned from you um, in the past eight months is that aspect of saving your money. Um, you know, cause things are going really good right now for our team mm -hmm. and for me personally, um, but the one thing I didn't realize when I first got into real estate, and this is, this is, again, goes back to our last conversation is from the public's eye, it's quick, fast, easy money. And if you, if you do it the wrong way, yes, it is quick, fast, easy money, but for the longe longevity, longevity, mm -hmm. see, look at that. That's a big WSU kid here can use big words. In the law of averages <laughs> to, in order to exist long-term, it's not always easy. <laughs> right, right. And so one of the things that Bobby has, has uh, instilled in me is to, when I get my commission checks, is to break them down a certain way and to be smart about it. And would I love to have that entire commission check to go have fun? Yeah. But my goal and my idea is for long term. Yeah. And we have a lot of expenses that are several months out that, uh, you know, they'll catch up to you and taxes and all kinds of things. And, and, uh, you know, make sure that you're prepared for all of that. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I just got, just got done paying one, one, uh, biannual fee last yeah. month. Yeah. We have a lot of, and all of a sudden uh, here comes another one, you know, a lot of yearly, <laughs> uh, uh, quarterly, monthly, you know, all those, all those expenses, they come at you. And those are fees that we don't control. No. I mean, we can control They them. always go up, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go up when you get the bill. <clears throat> so, but yeah, that's, that's you know, that's very, that's very good, very good advice right there. Save your money. Be smart with your money um, because there is going to come a time when the market's either going to come back to more of a balance or it could go back to what it was like in 2008, 2009, where uh, I don't, I don't see, I mean, that was, so looking back at it, it doesn't seem 
you know, because we're out of it. But mm-hmm. I remember at the time, it seemed scary. It seemed really scary. And you didn't know when it was going to end. Um, and obviously it did end and we're back almost to where we were before, which is, which is amazing. And that's just how it works. Um, but I remember somebody, an agent a long time ago, he, when this was all happening, I was in his office, you know, asking him what to do and, and, uh, how am I going to feed my family and everything? He said, don't worry about it. it will be back. He said, this happens a lot. He's been in the business 40 some years. He said, this happens, happens a lot. There's swings. And he said, it's always, every time it happens, it's always the worst. It's, it's just the way it works. It's always said that it's the worst. <laughs> now, the last time was pretty bad, but he said, don't worry about it. It'll be back. And sure enough, before you know it, it's back. So. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, one of, one other thing that, that I've been working on this year and I, and I think you're embracing it as well is we've got to think differently in the sense of like doing this, like today, doing this podcast we're, we're giving some information out there we're, we're trying we're trying our hardest not to bore the hell out of you so if you've already left we're sorry um but it's this kind of stuff that you can continue to maintain to reach people to know that you do have that that type of um conviction that type of caring heart to look out for them for mm-hmm. their best interest to share these kind of stories that's what's also going to get you through those tough times because if you're the flashy real estate agent who posts all this crap on Facebook and gives this perception of quick money and everything, and then when the market adjusts and you're nowhere to be found, well, the people that that you can trust or the people that you can turn to are those people that you've known the same through the highs and through the lows. And and I, and I like doing this platform. I love... I love just being authentic and honest about all this stuff. And I, and I love the fact that you're on here too, because I, I like getting your perspective, even though you're younger than me, you've got, <laughs> you've got more experience than me when it comes to real estate. And, and I learned, it, you know, the last time we did this together, I learned more about you and about the industry. And even today, I'm learning more about you and about the industry. And, and this is the kind of stuff that's going to have a long-term impact. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, that's what's going to keep this buyer's agent around for a while. <laughs> yeah. So. And one thing that I that I saw, you know, you know, no, nobody knew what was happening or when it was going to end or, or, um, you know, last time the the market shifted, uh, but what did happen, which what I believe made the snowball so big was, there was some pretty unqualified sketchy loan you know that, that's how people bought houses and it was all within an anticipation to refinance in a year or two years or five yep. years and and i remember this back in like 2006 2007 you used to be able to you'd buy a house you'd get in contract on a house by the time it closed you could turn around and sell it at a at a, at a profit or at least breaking even or, or really close which means you you made ten percent roughly, um, or eight to eight to ten percent equity just in the period of closing, just in the time it's in escrow, Good which goodness. is just insane. It was it was not quite name your price, but it was pretty close. And a lot of that was um, it, it it became a little bit careless, I think. Um, and I. I I guess kind of seeing that now, like uh, you're not really looking at. 
um, you know, saving your money maybe, or you're like, well, you know, I'll just sell another house. Well, it doesn't always happen like that. And it can happen really fast or that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, or, or, you know, yeah, I'll do this advertising thing. You know, it'll, it'll only, if it makes a sale, it'll pay for itself. Well, it's not necessarily a good idea. That doesn't, that's not a justification or, or, uh, but it, so what had made the snowball so big was was all of the bad loans and and nobody had any skin in the game everybody was um was not qualified for the loan that they got but it was in anticipation for the the market to continue going the way it was and to be able to refinance and um it didn't seem right at the time and that's what what caught everything um when everybody couldn't get out of those loans, couldn't get out of those those arm loans or those negative amortization loans, and um, instead of paying their house down, it was just continuing to go up because the the interest that wasn't being paid in the monthly payment was going on to the principal, and the banks are going to follow their their deed, yeah. whatever the deed says, they're going to continue to go by that, and then and loan modifications came, but you know maybe I don't even know, but thirty forty percent of People who applied for a loan modification maybe actually got something that worked. Probably even less than that. Yeah, I would say less than that. Probably more like twenty percent. <laughs> so I mean, there was there was it was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of. Um, well, have you seen the movie The Big Short? You need to. You need to. <clears throat> I. Um, as a matter of fact, it was uh, it was Becky Waller who mentioned that to me. She said, "You got to see that movie," and so. I saw it probably two or three weeks ago, and basically a guy was betting on the housing market to to, uh, to crash, and everybody called him a fool because the housing market would never would never crash. Nobody's bet against the housing market, and it everything you talked about there is exactly what they show in the movie. I mean, at one point there was there was a um, um, how do you say it? I'll just say it. There's a stripper in the movie who has four houses. And didn't have to prove any income. I mean, that's really what it's like. And, and I can testify that I was in the middle of that as a buyer 10 years ago. And that's exactly how it went down with us. And we should have known better at the time. But we didn't have somebody to point that stuff out to us. Well, so, and I want to make sure that I am clear that I didn't know at the time. I'm, I might sound smart talking about it now, you know, 10 years later. But. <laughs> I didn't know for sure at the time. It, it seemed sketchy to me, and I did um, kind of put it out there um, to you know to people that that seems wrong. I would investigate that a little more or think about that a little more. But you know, at the time, I didn't know either, and I'm, I'm not um, not definitely don't want to give off that impression. That why do you think things are going to be different this time? Because I've had a couple people. I I I know what I think. But I've had a couple people say, why do you think it's going to be different this time and not like it was 10 years ago? Well, pretty much. So as long as employment stays at least the same um, or close, everybody right now is qualified for their house. Uh, there's no... They're legit. Yeah. I mean, they, they've they've got down payments into it. Um, they've got uh, you know, monthly payments that they can afford. Um, so unless... You know, somebody does something to change their their expenses monthly or loses their job, they should be able to weather the storm um, rather than 
not be in a position where they literally can't do anything and they have to let their house go. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what happened last time with, with a lot of it is, is people didn't have a choice. They had to get out of the house. Um, they had to let it go. So I think that's part of it. And just the fact that, that it's not, not as crazy as it was with the types of loans. I mean, those loans were set up to fail. Oh gosh. Well, they were set up to, to, um, something had to happen in the future in order for that loan to work. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good idea, especially in, it's like, it's like playing the stock market. I mean, stock market's a little easier to get because you can see a number at any given time. You can look and say, okay, Microsoft's at whatever, or Verizon's at $32, you know, and then an hour later it's at $32.50. Can't do that with real estate, but it's like saying, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and then as long as Verizon's at $40 tomorrow, I'll be okay. You know, you can't do that. That's, that's just not... Especially when it when it's so significant, if it doesn't happen, you know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would agree that with the the way the loans are now, um, there's so much more. There's so many more layers of making sure someone is a good buyer. Um, yeah, I was doing that walkthrough last night, and uh, they were telling me about how they're still filling out paperwork at the very last moment to prove this, to prove that, to prove this, to prove that, and they're they're supposed to close tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely the biggest factor that's keeping things sane. And then I think the other thing that's keeping the market from completely overheating is the appraisers right now, because that was also part of the problem too. I took a, took a class last year with an appraiser and he was saying that that was, that was part of the problem back then is basically if you just told an appraiser, Hey, I need this house to appraise at this value. Can you make it happen? Basically appraisers say, sure, I can make it happen. And nowadays, they have to, they're under such a tight microscope that they have to prove or they have to explain why they dotted the I on their form and why they crossed the T on their form. They can't just do those things. They yeah, have they to have, explain it. They submit it and it has another pair of eyes look at it. Yeah. And um, they have to answer to any questions that, that the lender has. So it kind of went from one extreme to the other. I remember 10 years ago, it would, the lenders would look for any reason to loan the money yeah now now it's they're looking for any reason to not loan the money (laughs) so it's basically flip-flop yeah it was anybody with a pulse and a decent credit score job didn't matter um none of that mattered just just decent credit score they could buy a house name name your your price it was you know no doc no document no no bank statements you had a good credit score you could literally go go buy any house you wanted regardless of what your income or what your reserves were or anything you know it was any reason to loan money um now it's any reason not to that the, that the lenders are looking for so well cool man well that's good stuff that uh that last part right there that was free of charge you guys that was not part of our uh talk today but uh you get that free of charge and uh, if you want you can have double of that we'll charge you zero for that as well um, but um, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. You got anything else you want to touch on, or you, give hey, you give hey you the now. final word? Hey, <laughs> hey, this podcast shows up on iTunes as family friendly, <laughs> so just watch it there. Oh, <laughs> All right, man. No, Wait. I'm uh, I'm a little uh, I'm done with my coffee. I got to go to the bathroom. I'm good.
All right, I'll go and wrap this up for you then. So uh, I just want to thank you again, Bobby, for jumping on here today. Uh, Bobby Brown from Bobby Brown and Associates, my yeah. co-host today. Thanks for asking me to. Absolutely. This was fun. Uh, find his Facebook page. He's on Facebook. Um, you'll see his mug on there. I'm going to try and get him to change that to have all three of us on there. But uh, find him on Facebook. We're posting some good stuff on there. We're sharing some stories, uh, different houses we're looking at. And we try and keep it light and funny and not bore you with statistics. Um, but uh, I want to thank you guys. I'm just grateful that you guys would jump on and listen to the Rory Pitt show. It, it means a lot to me. Let's keep this conversation going after the show. I would love your feedback, comments, and, and suggestions for future guests. Who would you like to hear on here? Um, um, like I said last week, I'm hoping to get Brittany Hamilton on here for next week's show. And she'll be talking about Operation Ward 57 and this really cool event that's coming to Cheney Stadium in August uh, with one of my, one of my favorite rock bands. Um, so we'll get her on here and we'll talk about that. Connect with me on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Snapchat, and Periscope. Just look for Rory Pitts or at Rory Pitts. On Twitter, you can find me real Rory Pitts. On Instagram, Rory underscore Pitts. Also, now that the show is on iTunes, please take a moment to rate it and leave your comments. This show can only grow with your guys' help. Finally, show notes can be found at RoryPitts.com and all the links from today's show, you can find them there. You'll find the videos from the guys at the RE Source TV on there as well. Thanks again, you guys, for listening to the Rory Pitts Show. And from the bottom of my heart, take care. Wait a second. That's not how you end the show, Rory. Take care of yourselves. And as you go through the day today, <laughs> be well, you guys. Take care. Thanks again. Ha, 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 ha.